Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at ResonantTruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Red Galactic Dragon. And it is the eighth day of the White Wizard Wave Spell. And it is also the Galactic Moon. And it is day 17 in the galactic moon. So we have a galactic day and a galactic moon, and that means it's a magic turtle day. Whenever we have like both things at once, like the tone of the moon matches the tone of the day or the tone of the year, or sometimes it's the year, like we have a red moon year right now. If it was a red moon day, that would be a magic turtle day, which I don't think is like an original Mayan reference point. I think that's just something someone came up with. Hopefully Jose Arguelles. Hopefully it was sort of all originating with him. It's a magic turtle day, so I'll talk about the galactic tone in a minute. You can get a feel for the galactic tone yourself when we have that um, amplification. The other thing I want to say to my podcast listeners is that I am recording this on video and it'll be on YouTube under Resonant Truth. I don't really know why. I definitely don't believe that we need more video content in the world, but there's like a personal journey for me (laughs) that is like not hiding behind invisibility. So it kind of works in both levels. It's going to help me get used to seeing my face after hiding because of my aging process. I think that's obvious why women my age start to hide and become recessive. Don't take a photo of me. No photos. Uh, And there are people that like to look at someone who's talking, not just listen to their voice. So those people can now be met. And it's going to be this simple or this complicated. It's just me talking. It isn't any graphics. It isn't any editing. It's just a visual version of me talking. And if you're listening to me talking right now, I don't think you're going to notice any changes after this disclosure. So in terms of where we are in the Zolkin, uh, we're in the second wave spell of 20 wave spells. So we're still really early in the beginning of the Zolkin. And the Zolkin is our 260-day count that is super trademarked original Maya, distinctly Maya, uniquely Maya, measuring 260 days as 
our time gestating in the human womb. So when we begin a new Zolkin cycle, we're beginning a new gestation in the womb, and we're also finishing a gestation in the womb at the same time we begin, because it's like, okay, one birth is happening and we're emerging and autonomous from our mothers, and at the same time, endlessly, cyclically, we're, as we would say, inseminating something that will grow into being 260 days forward. But we're early on in the process, and I've been saying in recent podcasts, it's always really obvious when we're early on in the process, because early in the process is usually um, darker, murkier, feels complicated, it feels foreign, new, overwhelming. Isn't that the beginning of anything that we start that is sort of of consequence? Uh, we get an illumination, that fire in our mind, that can be like seeded from the cosmos. Like here's divine intent seeded into your brainstem. And then we grapple like, I have an idea and we're ready to go. But once we start the process, we have to deal with like not fire. We're dealing with earth, water, uh, air, but the denser molecular structure of materialization from an idea that is just all ether. That process is complex and layered and detailed. And that's how I feel we begin in the Zolkin, in the beginning. I'm in that. Ooh. The thing I like to talk most, of course, about the podcast is where we are in a wave spell. And so I want to remind you that we, on this red galactic dragon day, are in a wave spell called White Wizard. Started eight days ago with White Magnetic Wizard. The wave spell is always named for the first day. The first day is always called Magnetic so anytime you run into a magnetic day, when you're moving through your Mayan calendar, you can remind yourself this is the beginning of a cycle of 13. And the magnetic day and that origination point for every 13-day cycle will describe the tribe that we're working with the whole time. So White Magnetic Wizard started the White Wizard Wave Spell. We work with the White Wizard quality, qu quantity, the whole time. The whole gestalt of White Wizard is what is up for us karmically right now. And what is White Wizard then? I mean, we're in the middle of it, so I can reference back to what you already have been told somewhere, maybe by me, that White Wizard is the celebration of the wizard, who is the shaman. Wizard is clearly some kind of like way to make it more palatable or understandable. Jose Arguelles started teaching or interpreting the Mayan calendars in the 80s. So that was before shamanism was sort of an everyday consideration for a whole bunch of people. You know, I want to do a shamanic this, shamanic that. So I think it might have been cool to call it like the white shaman, and that would be maybe more like universal or feel more indigenous in the language but it is the same difference like John Lennon was a white wizard and he was a shaman and he was a beetle but you can see that he was a shaman even though he was a rock musician Carl Jung is another really 
for me in my universe famous and admirable white wizard person and he was so totally uh, anglo-saxon germanic whatever he was shaman to me he was swiss and he was super shamanic uh, i might come up with some others but i'm just trying to throw out there like it is clear that we can still have shaman in a modern world and we can have them whatever culture we're in and the white wizard time is to call that out in you and in your surroundings like you will find yourself seeking and you will find yourself sought but what is the seeking and what are you yourself offering right now it's healing it's the white wizard time to be healers to each other create sanctuaries where suffering is mitigated if not removed and so i don't that's the call to action right now and you might notice that it is also really um a time of timelessness i couldn't even say in a timely way what it, it's a time of meaning right now is a time when things aren't on time or in time they're timeless so being late, like I have appointments every day and noticing like, oh, there's a lot more of people being late. And I'm not usually late, but I'm often early, but not right now. Right now I'm on time, which is my version of being late. You know, just squeezing things in, not punctually as it were, not like punctual, I think means like on point. We're off point. We're, we're traveling in a much more disconnected way because we're connecting to something bigger than now the limitation of now a wizard a shaman is somehow in this picture connected to the ancient and potentially the future and so they're like drawing I mean they're like I'm picturing this as like they're drawing from other worlds realms levels spaces times teachings I mean just think about your shamanic personage they're just vaster than everyday existence and so in this time so are we so everyday existence isn't as manageable to us right now i i'm just trying to notice what else i mean we have a weather front that's happening through the whole of the united states so i feel like it's fair to bring it up here in california we might have blizzards in the southern california mountains so that's more of that climate change craziness that is not de defined or described at all by the time that we're in but if we're talking about enchantment and that white wizard one of the words jose arguelas came up for the wave spell is enchantment then i think it is kind of crazy beautiful weird that we're having these sort of never-ending weather systems that feel like let's say boundary breaking meaning they break records for temperature both hot and cold but just like what is up it's it has an abnormal quality which lends itself to being kind of like outrageous which again is just the feel of mythology like we're living in a mythology rather than a reality and in mythology there's grandeur that's divinely oriented and all of that to me falls under the heading of enchantment i want to say that you know hopefully you're not a new listener because it's complicated but it's 
The white wizard waved spell of 13 days, but it's also, hey, it's also the white wizard wave spell of 13 years right now. Both are co-occurring. We've been in a 13-year white wizard wave spell since the summer of 2015. So we're in, that is not correct. Sorry, I'm going to say it better, but I'm not going to rewind. <laughs> I'm not, disclaimer, I am not good with Gregorian time. I'm constantly messing up Gregorian time. I apologize. But uh, it was actually in the summer, uh, July 26th of 2019, that we began this 13-year white wizard wave spell. I know it in my head because every election year is a blue storm year. So you just have to go back uh, one year. The years that we follow here are always red moon, white wizard, blue storm, or yellow seed. And I know that's complicated, but uh, we started a white magnetic wizard year on July 26th of 2019. And we've basically had four and a half years of it since. So right now, we're in a 13-day white wizard wave spell and also a 13-year white wizard wave spell. So when I think about weather and the fact that it is really at the forefront of, you know, newspaper headlines, even differently than it was four years ago. So we're moving into this time where things are mythological and epic. And I just think that speaks a lot to the white wizard surround. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pausing because I know that you, you who listen to me regularly will be like, is she distracted? <laughs> Maybe so. I might be distracted by looking at myself on my recording device. But I'm not so distracted that I can't give you some decent astrology. I don't think it's going to be the best astrology week uh, report you've had, but I think it's going to be, it'll get you through. I uh, like to break it up sometimes and tell a story. I think that would be uh, serviceable right now. Um, it's Red Galactic Dragon, and so it's a a remembrance of the wave spell prior whenever it's a galactic day it's it's literally a reminder that we just had a wave spell of this tribe it's always formulated that way so every galactic day is kind of a nod to the past the recent past the wave spell prior to this white wizard one was red dragon today's red galactic dragon and it is a way of incorporating the red dragon wave spell we had into this one it's a weaving you know the maya reference is going to be around textiles and the the weaving and looms and you know the amazing artistry that they did with weaving so uh, I'm remembering the Red Dragon Waste Ball as being really hard. Like it was murky and hard to start and dark and the beginning stage of something and being in utero and feeling confined and not, for me, not free. I, I will describe that in my family of origin, 
there wasn't a lot of hands-on mothering, like from a strong feminine impulse. There was a lot of masculinity, even in the women in my forebears. So there wasn't a lot of mothering that felt like divine femininity. And so to drop into the red dragon waistbelt for me is like shoving me back in the womb and saying, you know, this is what it's like to be deeply uh, invested or held by the feminine principle, the mothering principle. And for me, I'm like, well, I've spent my whole life in the masculine world, you know, just drifting in the wind. White wind is the is the um, counterbalance or the counter type for the father, the sacred father and this count. And so I'm like, well, I know white wind. I know the air. I know absence. That's kind of what white wind shows us is like, I'm mostly invisible. And being in the feminine archetype of red dragon was really uncomfortable, disorienting, suffocating practically to me. So this red dragon day, I kind of like faced it like, no, I don't want to feel that again. And I do feel, again, sort of like agitated and compressed when I step into this kind of deeply held feminine vessel. The place of nurturance uh, feels really swampy and soupy to me. I don't know, this is not related to anything, but you know, red dragon was originally the word crocodile for the Maya. And I just always fixate when somebody is eaten by an alligator and it makes it to like fringe news, you know, like practically tabloid news reports, footage of someone getting grabbed by a gator. <laughs> I read that like that your chances is, is of that being your death, even if you live in Florida, is one in three million. But somehow I'm like sure that would happen to me if I went there and it just talk about primal. So I hold that in my red dragon crocodile reference um, like compilation. Like uh, red dragon is all about birth and being in the lap of the divine mother and all this feminine nurturance, but it's it's also feral and powerful. Uh, and again, I'm being specific to the crocodile alligator archetype because dragon is like Jose Arguelles' way of showing us that the Maya thought of the alligator, the crocodile, as a truly mystical, phenomenal beast, but I don't feel that way about them. So he had to say it's a dragon, you know, a dragon. They're so they're unimaginable or we only imagine them. They're not real. And that's like what is coming up out of the picture of the crocodile for the Maya. They see this beast in their you know, swamps and their environs, but they're imagining it to hold all the origination of, of humanity or all of life. And that's how magnificent and mystical they are. And, uh, but we're humans following their calendar in a, another time. And it's absolutely fair to see like the shadow dance of Red Dragon is that ferocity, that unknown um, virility that women get to hold, you know, like I can turn it around and, and be really clear with myself. Like, why do I not think that the woman should be just as feral and 
you know, practically aggressive or assertive as the masculine principle. Like you want Red Dragon to be a vessel where everything falls inward and is held. But if you think about the crocodile and the representation, it has a lot of ferocity. So I don't know, this is like a deep dive into the day, but it's also me just like grappling with how that wave spell went, which I think is the whole purpose of a, of a galactic day's within the Zulkin is doing some grappling, like, okay, that wave spell now is consolidated in a one day, it's integrated into one day, it's not 13, it's popping back up so I can kind of put it to rest, put it to bed. But what did I struggle with or encounter in that earlier stretch of time, that cycle of time that was devoted to this tribe? So that's what's going on. And I'm going to speak about integration doubly because it's a galactic or day of integration day and a galactic day of integration moon of integration moon. The surrounding moon, the 28-day moon, is also called galactic and is in the eighth, uh, it's the eighth moon of a 13-moon year. You know, there's not really a callback for the galactic moon. There isn't like, hey, remember last year's wave spell? It's not really how it works. The galactic moon that we travel through, which always begins, I forget every time, but it's like February 8th or 10th, uh, it always is this time of the Gregorian year, what we're calling February. And it's always a time when we're integrating the earlier stages of our Mayan year. Our Mayan year starts July 26th, and we're integrating all of the things that have happened since then. We have 28 days to do it. It feels like a lot. <laughs> it feels like an impossible task. I'm not up to the challenge. That's how it can feel. Um, but I am reflective and integrating, you know, my life is fairly complex. I think all of our lives are complex, but I think some people's lives are complex in the realm of, you know, your job title is having to keep up with the incredible technological maneuvering that's happening all the time, or it, you're um, integrating financial distress based on inflation and things that came out of the pandemic, or it's a health thing that's related. Like, perhaps you have broader issues that are complex and I would not quantify that mine are better or worse than yours but I just have complicated social circumstances I live next to a prison that bleeds out into my life in profound ways and I'm integrating that decision and and that reality I think that's a huge part of my year of purification that we all started on July 26 with a year called Red Self-Existing Moon. And this moon, this year is about finding the form for purification in our lives. Like what is going to help us purify? Like rinse us. It's, a, it's about the element water. And at the same time, if we're in abeyance to anything, you know, if we have to bow and submit to anything, surrender in this year, it's to the moon and what the moon offers us is tidal fluctuation and you know phasing into darkness and light extremes in the night sky but I think more profoundly than even the way you know we have full moon to new moon full moon to no moon and feel 
it's it's about how we see the tides changing and this particular um it started in the resonant moon but we've had huge tidal shifts i live on the water so i see it and i see it even more than i feel it but then i see it and i'm like that is like a hyper low tide or there's no beach or coast left it's all water on the high tide and those extremes have a reflection in our bodies so i think this is a perfect time feeling these amplified tides of late to be reminded that we're integrating you know all the time that's elapsed since july 26 um, as not just purification but also integrating fluctuation life is forcing us through fluctuation and that can get really extreme at different times um, is it extreme now? I'm very broken by the relentless extremity of life lived. I like went to move my car this morning. I have a really old VW. It's cute and it's loved. It's not like a junker, but I just wanted to move it so I could use it. Flat tire didn't phase me at all. I was just like, oh, okay, well that's cool. I'm like, it's not stolen and it's not a crash. <laughs> no insurance agents will be involved it's just a flat tire and I thought wow what a you know journey and evolution to where that doesn't affect me because I think at the beginning of the cycle of learning how to let go in this red moon year go with the flow I would have been like why why is this happening I just want to drive I just want to get where I'm going I have places I need to be not many places but I need to get there why are you doing this to me how can I solve this I can't solve it it's too much I can't do more than I'm already doing and I'm just like broken by those feelings that came earlier I'm integrating right now like turns out you just fix one problem at a time as you can some problems you just can't deal with at all so they get back burnered try to fix the one that you can handle right now and it took a lot of the steam and stress out of the conundrum um, and I'm grateful for that I don't know to me that's like an example of how my mind works to say oh I'm integrating this previous seven moons of this red moon year and I'm starting to be more whole I'm starting to demonstrate holism over fracturing because when I talk about integrity which is the word that goes with this eighth moon or this eighth tone the galactic tone I am thinking like living by principles I have integrity but I, I really broke it down a long time ago I think mostly because I didn't feel like I had integrity <laughs> so I'm like I don't know how to wrap my head around that one I don't feel like I have much integrity I feel like a kind of immoral bad person that was my upbringing like inserted that into my psychological profile so I had to go with something that was more recognizable to me which is integrated which they always talk about like if you go to a retreat you know for a weekend or eight days or you have a massage or another kind of body treatment like okay after the session or after the retreat you're going to need some time to integrate drink a lot of water rest and just let everything integrate which they mean let all your new learning seep into what you already knew 
or seep into what you don't know. And that sounds about right. That's, that's how I uh, enter and experience the galactic time. I'm just trying to let all this new information into what existed prior. And I feel sad about it. I have a little sad face on the video. <laughs> I feel sad because I'm, I'm integrating the stuff that's harder to look at. Like some of my newer recent information is what we would call red flags, you know, like instead of the new information being the healing, the new information that's entering my psyche is the warning, you know, like you have to integrate that it might not be as it seemed. And of course that is painful because integrating truth doesn't just mean, you know, good vibes. All right, let me uh, try to think about the future. I feel like I could launch you a little bit. I may have mentioned last podcast that I am going to be doing my first psychic fair in eons, well before COVID. I mean, I've been a quote-unquote psychic or clairvoyant and done astrology readings the whole time, but I haven't like gone to a group presentation because as I often describe, I'm just not very adept in what is usually a really strong new age environment. But I want to like go all in with this attempt to inform the world that I do know a lot about Mayan astrology, which is not popular, but is interesting, as I believe you believe. So I'm going to one on the 10th day of this White Wizard Wave Spell, the peak manifestation day of the White Wizard tribe and teaching. I will be in a room full of healers and seers manifesting the optimal white wizard experience, the, the top of the wave. And it also happens to be a day called Blue Night, which is about intuition. And I just made the commitment to do this a long time ago, at least two moons ago. And here it is, and I look it up and I notice, wow, it's going to be on the day of manifesting intuition within the healer seer wave spell, if you follow me. And I thought, well, I'm going to be in the right place. <laughs> so you also are going to have that day that's coming up. Uh, it's on your Saturday. It's the peak experience of White Wizard. It's its greatest manifestation on Earth. It's output. It's highest ascension point. It's escalation. I mean, think of the wave. Think of the wave, the height of the wave being the height peak of Mount Everest, like it's the everything in a wave spell. It's not the everything of the experience or the journey, the evolution. But it's everything of the goal, the attainment that we seek is represented by the highest point of the wave. We may not get to the very top, but it's as high as we're going to go. So we manifest that. That is the manifestation, the highest point that we can like rise to or amass most that we can get happens on this planetary day on Saturday. So just check it out. You're coming into like a crucible of deep mystical and intuitive, I don't want to say foment, should be calm, but like 
potency. And then the day after, I know I'm going to feel this, is a spectral day, yellow spectral seed. And that's so earthy. You know, one is about the night, the night sky, the cosmos we see and imagine and dream, how we dream through our night's sleep and we travel. I've had such crazy dreams lately. I was like best friends with Kim Kardashian for hours. And those are real journeys. Doesn't mean she would acknowledge it. Doesn't mean I have to pretend it's real, real, but the, the psyche goes and the body follows on some level. So that is coming. And then followed by the spectral day being yellow seed, which is so much the density of, you know, what makes things grow on earth. It's not a cosmic seed. It is a seed that creates flowers and trees and plants that we eat. Even people are seeded. So it's going to be slipping us back fast to physical manifested reality, whatever that is, whatever you find it is. So just be careful with yourself. You're going to get really astral on Saturday, and then you're going to be asked to get back to Earth really fast. That's what the spectral day is. Everything's dissolved, like the escalator or stairway to heaven collapses, and we just fall, free fall back. All the distance we've come over 10 stages of the Zulkin evaporates and one day we're returned to earth so it feels chaotic sometimes it's dissolving that's coming the solar day tomorrow i'm kind of jumping around but just to finish with this like okay so you might be listening on on red galactic uh dragon you might be listening on white solar wind white solar wind is Friday. That's my occult day. If you're listening on that day, it doesn't matter when I recorded it, you're hearing the perfect occult partner for today. I'm so sorry if you're new and you have no idea what that is. <laughs> I have a book. Um, but anyway, it's my perfect occult, meaning my exact occult partner. We all have one. It's a portal day. I just want you to know if you're listening to this on Friday, it just has more amplified impact. And it's going to be spiritual to you, and it's going to feel like occult wisdom. It's going to feel like the grittiest new age uh, download from me because I'm the occult partner of the day. We each have one. Um, one day that's ex in exactitude, our occult partner, meaning it is the day that partners with us to give us the greatest occult insight and, yeah, knowledge. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I'm Lisa Starr. I am another yourself. And in Mayan, we say, in La Keshe.